Hello, Cracker Barrel family, and welcome to the Barrelcast. I'm really excited about this conversation we have today uh, when it talks about, um, we're going to talk about assessing your internal talent and, and really f- uh, identifying people that can come into the leadership ranks inside of our stores. So as we fight for talent, which we're, it's, it's a heck of a fight right now. We all know that. I don't think there's any market or any store or any situation that, that, that we're not feeling that. Sometimes the best people for our leadership positions are already employed at Cracker Barrel. Is that is that right? Absolutely. Our current employees should always be where we start looking for talent. Not only as we think about succession planning for mm-hmm. our individual stores, but for our district as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think it's important that we look at internal talent? So is there something, do you think there's something that those people bring to the table for us that maybe... Um, I don't want to say others do not, but what what is it that, that makes it so important for us to do that? Yeah, so first off, our internal talent is already committed to our brand. Mm-hmm. They love what what we do. They're committed to our vision and our strategy, and that's a big barrier to, to entry for, for new people. That is a, a big thing that as we look at our internal talent, they're already excited mm-hmm. about the Cracker Barrel brand because they choose to be here. They could choose to be anywhere, and they're mm-hmm. continuing to choose to be at Cracker Barrel. So they're connected with the brand for some reason. So we already have that dedication from that employee as we look mm-hmm. at our internal talent. I think the other piece of it is as I look about, think back on my history of external mm-hmm. hires, it's really hard to explain what half restaurant, half retail really yeah, means. Yeah. And even for new hires, it's hard for them to sometimes wrap their head around, how does this all work? Especially for um, retail managers thinking mm-hmm. about, well, I've never worked in a restaurant. I'm, this isn't going to be a good fit for me. Or restaurant managers, I don't know how to run a retail store, mm-hmm. or maybe I don't want to run a retail store. So our internals already understand how that balance works mm-hmm. and how that we uh, we support one another, but we also have um, separate sandboxes in, yeah. in a way that, that we work with. So just having that knowledge about the brand is such a a key piece and why it's important that we connect with our internal talent. Yeah. No, that's, that's so good too. Cause it, I hadn't really thought about that, but you talk specifically about the restaurant and the retail partnership. And that's why I'm, you know, in this, this conversation really is restaurant and retail. It's all kind of the same piece here, but you know, with the MITs and external people I've seen come in throughout the years, that's, that's always kind of a, a weird nerve thing for them is, you know, I've been a restaurant manager for 20 years. I have no earthly idea anything about Absolutely. retail and it's a vice versa for the same thing. So, and it, one of the unique things about Cracker Barrel, or I think the, the main unique thing that really sets us apart, and we all know this is the cultural piece. It's just different. It's, it's just different. Um, the way we handle ourselves, the way the restaurant runs and retail runs, it's just different. So I think what you're saying about the cultural piece is, is really, really unique and really important. So this is kind of the big question and kind of the big meat and potatoes of this conversation I want to get to. What do you, so you're looking for internal talent to promote. So, you know, this is, this is maybe your next RM maybe your next shift leader on the restaurant side. This is maybe our next uh, associate manager, whatever it is. What is. What do you look for, or is there anything in that individual that tells you, hey, they, they could 
move up for me, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So I think the very first thing that we need to look for is a willingness to learn. Mm -hmm. So we have to look for people that are willing to take on more responsibility. And I think we have to really take the time to differentiate between will and skill. Mm -hmm. So as we're looking for internal potential, we absolutely cannot expect the skills that we need for that person to jump from an hourly employee to a manager to already be built in. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be there. And I think sometimes we can, um, we sometimes look at an individual and say, but they don't have experience with that, but they don't know that. But if they have the willingness to learn it, that's our job as leaders to give them the experience that allows them to know that leadership and know that experience. So the other piece is the additional leadership responsibility. So um, we have to look for individuals that are willing to not only take on more from a workload standpoint, mm-hmm. but from a leadership standpoint. Okay. And that means making decisions for making decisions for more than just them, making decisions that are going to impact the team as a whole. Okay. I think where I see managers sometimes get caught in a trap when we're developing internal talent, though, is we sometimes think of giving additional responsibility as just giving additional task workload. Yeah. And that's where we can get caught in, 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 a, in a pretty dangerous trap. And we do need to gauge potential in terms of an individual's ability to take on additional mm-hmm. workload and to have more on their plate because we all know, all managers know right now, our, our, plates, are, our plates have turned into platters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we do need to gauge an individual's ability to take on that increased workload, but we have to focus on giving individuals assignments that stretch their leadership capacity, yeah. not just their task workload capacity. And again, allow them to make business decisions that impact more than just them individually and their individual task workload, mm-hmm. leadership decisions that impact the unit and the team. That's, that's, so let me ask you a question. I'm kind of throwing a curveball. I was thinking about this, though, in, in the beginning. So you're talking about we have to gauge whether or not they're willing to take on more tasks and willing to do more. Do you think that's something that can be – cultivated because I think historically and I don't know I'm saying historically like it's <laughs> like it's a agreed upon thing but <laughs> I think oftentimes you've heard you know you can't want it more than they do and you can't you can't teach motivation and all that kind of stuff do you think um there's ways that we can instill and cultivate people to want to do more so absolutely I think the first piece is we need to make the job look attractive yeah and we have to make sure that we are sharing not only the challenges of our positions, but we have to share what we love about our role. Yeah. And we have to engage our team with what our roles look like and what we are passionate about in our roles, mm-hmm. because we need to inspire that, that want to do more. And if your team looks at your associate managers, retail managers, district managers, and says, boy, that job doesn't look appealing. (laughs) That looks terrible. (laughs) Yeah. They're not going to want to promote. And so we do need the individual to want it more for themselves than we want it for them. I think that is a dangerous trap that we can also get in where we see potential in someone, but they don't necessarily want to do the work to get there. 
Um, and that's a vicious cycle of potentially over-promoting people, and um, you know, that can be its own um, can of worms there. But as leaders, we should inspire people to want to do more because we are showcasing what additional commitment to the company looks like, mm-hmm. an additional scope of leadership looks like, and that's exciting to them because mm-hmm. of how we conduct ourselves and how we lead. Yeah, and that's such a, a that seems like that's such a personal check yourself, right? It is. When you think about um, you know my attitudes and my behaviors, and and as I'm overwhelmed and our plate my plate becomes a platter with all the things that I do, it, it I almost have to internally. Heck, and this goes back to previous conversations we had. My own development, am, am I managing those things on my plate? Am I being pl- uh, organized and planning effectively? And am I doing what I need to do to develop my own self um, so that I put myself in a good position where I'm executing my job effectively, where it looks attractive, as we talked about for others? So this almost goes back to am I developing my own self? Kind of a, I always think of it the cup analogy. Am I pouring enough into my own development, my own work life that I can be able to pour out to others, if that makes any kind of sense there? Yeah, so. absolutely it does. And I look back on my career and I think about the times where I have been most developed mm-hmm. and it's when I've been developing others. Mm. So you you have to be more intentional. When, when you're intentionally developing others, you have to be very specific with your time, mindful with your time. And what's great when you really start developing a team around you that are becoming these next level leaders, they start challenging you in ways that really sharpens sharpens your blades, yeah. and um, you you become a better leader by developing the team around you. Is it a? Um, do you think there's a replicatable pathway? Now, it's kind of a. I guess I'm on two ends of the spectrum. Do you think there's a replicatable pathway to develop someone? Or is it just unique to the individual? Are there certain things that have always worked for you? Or is it just, hey, I have to know the individual. I have to know what motivates them. And I and, and it really takes a lot on the front end to spend time with them. Yeah, so the replicatable piece of it is something that we should all as leaders be doing every single day, which is spending time with mm-hmm. your employee, understanding what motivates them, understanding what they want, but also coming back to that conversation enough so you understand when what they want changes. And teaching and training to the point where maybe something that they didn't previously think was possible Mm -hmm. for them is possible for them because of their increased knowledge base. So that's the replicatable piece of it. And that's just people. That's just dealing with people in a way that's mutually respectful and showing investment in them. Yeah, and I think the important thing... And there's all kinds of important things we're talking about, but one of the really, really important things uh, and that you call out, and I want to make sure that at least we enhance this this part of the conversation is it's not like you said, it's not always just about putting more stuff on their plate. You know, I think too often, like you said, I'm just repeating what you said. We just put more task on an employee or on an associate manager to get to GM or an RM to get to a multi-unit level. We just put more task on them. Um, and that's important. You need to understand how they deal with complexity and, and, uh, and on that, those more tasks, but 
are we looking at their leadership traits and their competencies, right? Are we putting them in situations uh, um, where they're having to manage difficult employees or they're having to deal with ambiguous situations? Um, they're having to um, be more resilient than they've had to be before. So it's really testing those, um, what I think of as, as competencies, um, and heck, you can go to the core four, right? You know, Absolutely. So a high level of uh, collaboration. Are we putting uh, someone who potentially wants to to become a manager, are we putting them in situations where they have to collaborate with the restaurant side or the retail side? So um, more competency-based and leadership-based rather than just give them more stuff to do. Exactly. So there are times as well where we do – we have to give the stuff, right? Because yeah. that's part of our – our role is delegating. But when you give the stuff, you have to make it intentional. Yep. So if I'm asking this person to do X, Y, and Z tasks, mm-hmm. what are the reasons why I'm asking them to do those tasks? And what am I asking them to get out of it? Yeah. And the key piece of this is that it needs to be a loop. You can't just say, hey, I want you to run this rollout for the unit. Mm-hmm. It's, hey, I want you to run this rollout for the unit this is why I want you to run this rollout with the unit. And guess what? In three weeks, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what you've learned so far. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you feedback and we're going to talk about what we need going forward to make this successful. And at the end of this rollout, we're going to talk about what you learned and what you're going to do differently going forward or maybe key skills or takeaways that you have for what you want to replicate for future projects like this. Yeah, that's such good stuff. That's such good stuff. Um, so kind of the, the, the next part of this I want to spend some time on is I think we've talked a little bit about what that process looks like for identifying internal talents. So you talked about some things that you look for and then the process, not really a process, but some ideas on how you then cultivate it and, and work with that person. Kind of the, the, the last piece here is why is this important? You know, as we talk about building um, – talk about building a bench and we talked about this in the last episode you know I've often heard that you know having a bench is is not really important until it's too late um and let's just let's just be real um you know we've we've you see managers leaving a unit unexpectedly um then all of a sudden we're we're caught in a in a bad situation especially as, as a dm level how would you recommend and even at the store management level how would you recommend that DMs and GMs and RMs and RVPs, I mean, all levels of leadership, what should that look like or what mindset would that look like if we were thinking about building a bench? What does that bench building or mindset look like, I guess? Yeah, so the mindset to me is really about having the the mindset of you always need to be identifying backfills. And um, I think that phrase sometimes makes people a little scared. Yeah. I don't want to, <laughs> uh, I don't want to plan on these yeah, people. Leaving. I don't want, you know. Exactly. But I really, truly believe that every leader always needs to have the mindset of developing a backfill. And again, that doesn't mean that that person is actually going to be your backfill, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's just a mindset and it has to be developed and it's truly our responsibility to the company to contribute next level leaders to the succession plan for not only your store, but for the district as a whole. So when I say develop a backfill, that might mean that I am going to develop a retail manager that can successfully watch my district for me when I go on vacation so that we don't have any, any blips 
in our performance and I can enjoy my time off. And that's what strong work-life balance means to me. It might also mean that when an opening comes up, I can send them somewhere for a higher volume store or for a new unit opening or for a more complex position. So when we have that mindset about developing a backfill, it needs to trickle down to all levels. Mm -hmm. So it goes to the shift leader level, it goes to the management level, it goes to the DM, and it goes to the RVP level. Mm -hmm. Do you have those conversations with your RMs? Is that a conversation you're saying, hey, you've got shift leaders, merch handlers, whatever that is, who's your next group? Yes. It is absolutely the expectation that every retail manager is developing their backfill. And I do understand that when when we say that, that might not necessarily mean that that individual wants to be an RM. Because again, going back to what we said earlier, there has to be a willingness. Mm -hmm. We have some people that are amazing performers, but they don't necessarily have that desire or have um, you know the family structure yeah. for whatever reason to promote to that next level leader. However, these are individuals that we can't stop developing just because they maybe don't want that. They have the skill set and the willingness to continue to be developed. So that backfill maybe is that super strong shift leader that's going to be a consistent fill-in for that RM Mm -hmm. and maybe somebody that I could send to support another store if there was a situation where another store needed support. So I want to also connect this to what we talked about in the last podcast as well. I know that there are times where we don't have the backfills in the stores Mm -hmm. And that's where, as DMs, it's truly our job to start sourcing externally and developing external relationships. And that doesn't mean that you're recruiting to fill a position today. That means that you are recruiting and building relationships to build a network Mm -hmm. in your area. So I look at my district, and it's a very spread out district in three different states. I have three separate networks that I have So that if I do have a potential opening or a potential opportunity come up for someone, I have a network of people I can draw on external to the organization. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's my responsibility as a district manager to maintain those networks and be a brand ambassador. I think the, the thing that I want everyone to really keep in mind is development is a team sport. You don't develop in a silo. So when we think about development, we need to think about talent between stores, talent between districts, talent between regions. And so if you're developing without conversations with your peers, with your coworkers, with your supervisor, that's not real development. That is hoarding talent (laughs) and keeping it all for yourself. So we truly need to develop to get the right people at the right place at the right time. And we need to work together to make that happen. Exactly. Because if I work on developing somebody for years, but we don't put them in the store that's the right fit for them, it's going to be for nothing. Yeah. We have to put the people in the right place at the right time. Awesome. Awesome. Again, thank you. Thank you so much. For the conversation.